0: What's up, everybody? I'm Andrew Hawkins. And I'm Joe Thomas, and this is the minicast of the Tom and Hawk Football Show. All right, Joe, let's
1: get into it. Another week starts with Baker Mayfield waiting to be traded from the Browns. Most insiders are saying that there is zero chance... That the Browns go into this season with Baker Mayfield on the roster, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of suitors, Joe. Pete Carroll has been adamant that they are not trading for a quarterback, and that pretty much seems like the only viable option at this point. Joe, my question to you is, are we anywhere near close a solution between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? I don't think we're close to a solution. I think... The closest we came was right before the draft when the
0: Carolina Panthers were talking to the Cleveland Browns and trying to get a deal done. But inevitably, they weren't able to get a deal done on the compensation because Baker's owed 18 point something million guaranteed from the Browns, whether he plays for them or not. I mean, that's a pretty nice hefty chunk of change that the Browns have to pay for and a lot of these teams are saying hey we know you have to pay it and so we want you to pay that and then we'll trade for them maybe for something uh mid to late round in next year's draft but because the browns seem to be drawing a little bit of a hard line on how much money they're willing to cover of that 18 point something million dollars the carolina panthers said no you know we'll just go and draft somebody because we're just as happy drafting a quarterback in the second or third round. And then we'll see what happens with him rather than trying to bring in Baker Mayfield because he's only got one year on that contract.
1: Okay, so, I mean, what are the options that the Browns have at this point? If we get closer to the season and nobody is willing to trade for him, do the Browns cut him and just eat the $18 million? Or are they going to say, hey, we're just going to keep him in hopes that somebody else's quarterback gets hurt?
0: Well, this is why I wouldn't exactly say there's no chance he's on the Browns roster by training camp because the most likely outcome at this point is that he's on the roster during training camp because you can keep more than 53 guys in the roster. You're up to almost 90 guys on the roster in training camp. That doesn't mean they necessarily have to have him out there uh, running quarterback number two drills behind Deshaun Watson. But I think what they're going to try to do is hope that there's a opportunity to trade him in training camp because of an injury or ineffectiveness by somebody else Um, And so I think they're willing to keep him around. And there's a really, really small sliver of a chance that he actually could still play for the Browns. Because when you think about negotiations, you think about leverage, right? Obviously, the Browns really don't have a lot of leverage, but either does Baker. And I think one thing that could happen is that Baker says, hey, I'm willing to reduce my salary if you decide and are willing to cut me, because then I can go wherever I want. And then I can maybe sign a little bit of a contract there and recoup some of the difference. But More than that, you look at with the Browns, if Deshaun Watson is suspended a little bit longer than they expect, there's still a case where they could say, hey, we need a quarterback who's pretty good. And as we're assuming Baker becomes healthy at that point, who can play a few games for us. And Baker's motivated to go out and play well because he's trying to audition for the next job. And so while things look completely off the rails right now with their relationship, especially with that article by Jake Trotter from ESPN, That blasted the Browns and came out and said basically that people in Baker Mayfield's camp think that Baker was sabotaged in that Monday night football game, uh, the last football game of the year where Baker went out and was sacked like a million times and he threw all sorts of interceptions that did not look very good at all. Baker's camp now is going out and saying, hey, we think the Browns did that intentionally so that they could have a good excuse to go to the fan base and say, hey, we need to move on from Baker.
1: Yeah, I should have used that argument when I played.
0: (laughs) They sabotaged me. I didn't play bad on my own. It's because the Browns wanted me to look bad.
1: Yeah, I dropped those passes, but have we ever looked (laughs) at who else was motivated for me to drop passes? That's right. If there's a chance Baker stays with the Browns or at least begins the season with the Browns, what does that do for the locker room? Because... Do you have any thoughts on the article that came out in the New York post? I believe that talked about how Odell's departure is actually what put the nail in Baker's coffin from a mm-hmm. teammate perspective, mm-hmm. because they said it divided the locker room pretty badly in Cleveland. I've been trying to figure out what was going on with the Baker Mayfield situation
0: in the Browns locker room for like the last 18 months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to a lot of the guys that I played with and then guys that um I just have developed relationships that I never played with that were in that locker room. And it's really interesting. I mean, he's as polarizing in the locker room as he is in the fan base. When you look at the Browns fan base, there's nobody who's lukewarm on Baker Mayfield either. There's people that dislike him extremely. And there's people that just love him and think he's the greatest thing that ever happened to the Browns. There's just no middle ground on this guy. And it seems like that's a pretty strong reflection of the locker room. I talked to a lot of guys in the locker room that were like, no. Baker's my dude. I love that guy. I go to war for him. Like He's my drinking buddy. He's the guy that he would have beers with me. Like I loved everything about him. He was a hard worker. And then there's guys that were just like, no, he divided this locker room. He was always calling players and coaches and trainers out. He was always creating drama that we didn't need. He wasn't always the hardest worker. And so you're getting this different pictures of who Baker Mayfield was in that locker room, depending on who you talk to. And I think it is pretty obvious that once... Odell was released because of how well he was liked in that locker room. A lot of guys blamed it on Baker because he wasn't able to give him the football when he was open. And by all accounts from within that locker room, Odell was a wonderful teammate. He was a great soldier. He was a lot different than the Odell that was in New York that had caused some drama from time to time. And he really was steadfastly committed to turning his career around and turning the Cleveland Browns around and becoming a great Hall of Fame wide receiver with the Cleveland Browns jersey. And I think that commitment they saw in that locker room, and there was a lot of blame on Baker for not taking himself out when he was not able to be effective after he hurt his shoulder. And a lot of the guys that I talked to said, the reason he was doing that is because he was afraid that if he sat down, people would see how much better this offense ran with Case Keenum running it versus when Baker was running it. And so there was a big fear in Baker's mind that he didn't want to sit down, even though he knew he couldn't play well enough to help the team win. Because if he did that, then everybody was going to see this huge amount of talent playing in this offense that a quarterback of Case Keenum's stature, who Case has had some success in the NFL, could actually perform better within that offense. Uh, And I think that's why you saw Baker hold on to that starting job much longer than he should which I think you see in the end, it's kind of hurt him, right? Because he's not in Cleveland anymore, and, or he is, but he certainly won't be there for very long and we don't really know what his next landing spot is, but he didn't play well enough and nobody really cares uh, at this point that he was hurt all of last season. They're just gonna say, hey, what's the film that you've put out lately? And clearly you were healthy enough where the Browns trainers cleared you to play. And so we expect a certain level of play and when it wasn't out there, we're just judging you on what you've done for us lately. All right, Hawk, the NFL draft was last week, and five Georgia defensive players went in the first round, including Trayvon Walker, at number one overall. Six receivers went in the first 18 picks, but only one quarterback in the first round, and that was Kenny Pickett, where he stayed in Pittsburgh. Doesn't even have to move out of his apartment. He went to the Steelers at number 20. How surprised are you that quarterbacks were completely almost irrelevant on day one of the draft?
1: I wasn't very surprised. We talk about in this podcast all the time how the young talent in the NFL at quarterback has taken over the old guard. There is so much exciting young guys with potential that... There is not a bunch of teams who are looking for a quarterback, and that actually connects to the conversation we just had around Baker Mayfield, right? And I think when you look at this draft class, nobody was enamored with anybody's ability here. I mean, Malik Willis probably had the, the most raw skills, but he was at a small school, so there was way more question marks. I'm not surprised by it, and I also won't be surprised if next year you don't see the flooding at the quarterback position in the first round again for a consecutive year.
0: I haven't really studied next year's draft from the quarterback position, but everybody that has seems to think that next year's class is going to be much more rich with quarterbacks. So I think we are going to see a little reversion to the mean because quarterback still is the most important position in all of sports and the teams that don't have them this year, a la the Seahawks, the Panthers, there's a couple other big ones out there. I think they're going to be in the market big time to move up and draft those quarterbacks in the top five of the NFL draft.
1: Man, you're talking about guys for next year, and that's perfect segue into our next topic. NIL. Some of those guys might elect to stay in school. Joe, there has been reports this week that there are players transferring who are making upwards of $3 million and getting houses in California on the beach. My question, Joe, are we close to seeing a college guy decide to stay in school as opposed to go to the NFL because he's not ready to take a pay cut? Oh, I like
0: that. I think actually that's going to be one of the great things that comes from NIL. I look at NIL uh, in two different facets. One, this is just a human rights issue. Like since what in America do we say, hey, you're allowed to work and make millions of dollars for your employer, but you're not allowed to own your own name and likeness. That was so BS. And I'm so glad that it's over. But the other side of it is. I think what you're seeing is because these players are able to make some money on their names and their likeness and to be able to market themselves now, you're going to see guys, especially at that running back position that doesn't get drafted quite as high, guys like at Wisconsin when I was there, PJ Hill, John Clay, a guy after that, who declared early and then went undrafted. and. I think if NIL had happened when they were in school, you would see these guys sticking around because they would realize as a mid to late round draft pick, they're better off staying in school, being the man, being the face of your college team and be able to make a lot more money than you would and get closer to your degree than you would if you were going to go and try to, eke out a career in the nfl as an undrafted free agent
1: i love seeing the guys make their money listen you have a small window with this ability and i've always hated the fact that that 18 to 22 year old, your, your body's literally as invincible as it possibly can be you can't make any <laughs> money so i love the fact that guys are making their money because in the scenario you said with your players they would actually get to benefit off of what they've done for the university the other thing i would say is i think there's going to be trickle down To the NFL, because again, yeah, players are going to be taking pay cuts to go to the league. And if there isn't rules put in place, that money is just going to continue to go up. And just to think about that, it's essentially high school players going into free agency, being able to pick their location, pick the program or prestige they want, pick the fan base and pick the place that's offering them the most money. And then in four years, they go take a pay cut. They can't pick their location and they're sitting to a draft system. It's a little backwards, and I think that the NFL is going to probably start to be in the conversation around what can be done to influence things the other way. I ultimately think that the college ranks will have a draft. You will pick your conference, and once you decide what conference you get, all the schools within that conference will have a draft because the money is just going to continue to get out of whack. And people are okay with doing it when you're just making your choices off of the best academic situation as a high school football player. But when you're talking about contract money, nah, people want some control over that.
0: All right, Hawk, May and June, they're off months for the NFL. What would you be doing right now
1: if you were still playing in the NFL? I'd probably be doing exactly what I'm doing, laying down all day. (laughs) Podcasting. Working, podcasting, (laughs) and counting down the days till football season. Joe, what about you?
0: Yeah, this was the time of the year where you're still training pretty hard, right? Because you're getting ready for training camp, but you're taking those vacations, Mm -hmm. you're Spending the time with the wife and the kids and your friends and the family because in about a month's time, you won't be seeing them anymore until January like the Browns Mm. when we were there because we knew we'd be watching the playoffs from the
1: couch. (laughs) We always had the longest off seasons, didn't we, Joe? That's right.
0: Well, I think that just about does it for this week's minicast episode. We'll be back later this week with that special Thursday episode, so make sure you follow us on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing.
1: Joe, take us out. Joe Hawk Yourself.